Caroline. Well, hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And welcome to that podcast, the podcast that chats to leaders in the electronic and manufacturing industries. And this week we were talking to Peter Lapin at Relac. And I thought it was particularly interesting, his um, his past life, his life outside of the office, as well as what Relec is doing during this pandemic. Yes, RAF engineer was very um, fascinating to hear more about, wasn't it? Um, and just, you know, he's very positive. He was very positive, actually, considering the challenges that they've had as a company. Yeah, that's what I took away from our conversation. The very, very upbeat and that uh, you're going to carry on with the consultative and collaborative approach uh, and with positive hopes that maybe some of the manufacturing, he's a very strong advocate of UK manufacturing, but some of that might be coming back to these shores. So uh, that was good. And and I loved when we asked him what record he'd have for 2020. I thought his his response was sublime. I'm not going to spoil it because you have to listen no, to the whole podcast. But then, but then he followed up with a 2021 choice as well, which was he did top notch. <laughs> he did. I think. I think you may have a new theme there for the podcast, possibly <laughs> with the uh, with the choices. I like. I liked that a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's an interesting individual, and I think a lot of the things that have been affecting. Relic Electronics, you know, as with all companies, have been very out of control. But he's remained in control, so a lot to be learnt from that. Absolutely. So let's let's listen. Let's do it. Hello, Peter. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, we have passed the hundred days of lockdown earlier this week. How's your already? Yeah, I know it's quite, quite a, quite a achievement, I'd say. How has your week been compared with, uh, say, the last week in January this year? <laughs> <laughs> last week in January this year—that's a long time ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, it's very different, isn't it? Last week in January this year, we were celebrating a fabulous year, um, and now, of course, uh, everything's on its head, isn't it? Mm. So. Um, we're working really hard to help customers um, and keep everything going, really. So, yeah, completely different focus, I would say. Yeah. From long-term planning to short-term whack-a-mole type management <laughs> style, I would say. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Caroline is joining us today. Um, how are you, Caroline? I'm very well, thank you, Nicole. How are you? I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Please, happy to happy to speak to Peter. I do speak to him a bit, but uh, yeah, I normally see him a bit more regularly than you're able to during lockdown. So, yes, it's good. Good to connect. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, hello, Peter. Hi, Caroline. Hi. You well? I am. Thanks. I am very good. well. Good. Good. So, uh, Nicole was just asking you about uh, lockdown in the business. Um, mm. I know that you're based down in beautiful Dorset, but has that um, has that location been affected by the lockdowns? You have people being able to get to work and services. Has that, has that all gone okay? Yeah, that's kind of gone okay. I mean, obviously, certainly from our point of view, most people are working from home anyway. Um, I would say the local area, obviously, it's a big tourism area. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have been affected. There's a lot of holiday parks down here, camping areas, restaurants, bars. So, yeah, I think the local economy has been hit pretty bad. Um, but from our point of view, 
Um, support networks are still working. The shippers are still working. Uh, they've been working all the way through. So, you know, we've been quite lucky, I suppose, in that regard that we've been able to pretty much, pretty much continue business as normal. Oh, that's good. that's good. Did you? How soon did you see this this coming? Did you make many preparations early on for this? <laughs> Are you talking uh, about working from home? So that was kind of in place anyway by the sounds of it. But what else did you have to do? Well, I suppose we've always been a company that likes to embrace technology. So we've been, again, um, fortunate, if you want to call it that, that we have all the systems in place for working from home already. Um, we do give some staff the option uh, of working from home uh, from time to time uh, or on a more regular basis. So, yeah, we were pretty much set up. Um, those guys that didn't have laptops um, decamped with their regular PC, we set them up with all the IT they needed um, or the small amounts of IT they needed just to connect to their routers and stuff at home and we were pretty much ready to go. Um, our phone systems are all uh, digital so we can twin things like mobiles to our phone systems so if customers phone their direct line they are straight through to the account managers so yeah, it's good right. what about things like ppe it sounds that there weren't that many people in the offices but did you have to get all the sanitizers and the ppe in uh, not so much ppe uh, we have one storeman who works alone downstairs the same most people working from home we're, again, we're fortunate in that we have quite large offices or quite a lot of space here, so people can socially distance without any trouble at all. Um, clearly, we've got things like hand sanitizers and briefings on uh, washing hands, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, no, again, very fortunate. Yeah. And what about extra stock? Did you have to get more stuff in or uh, put some aside in preparation? Uh, again, very difficult, very difficult. Most of our stock or most of our supply chain is probably on a minimum of two months and it can go up to five or six months. And again, most of the stock that we buy is back to back. Uh, we almost had the opposite problem at lockdown in that customers were closing. Um, a lot of factories closed. We would have one customer um, who was so desperate because his business had fallen off the cl cliff asking to return stock. Um, so we ended up at our warehouse with probably more stock than we would have liked. Um, so yeah, we ended up running a little database. We were at the beginning of lockdown, we were having to phone every single customer before shipment to see if they were open because it was getting crazy. We were just shipping out stock and a lot of it was coming back. So we then had to phone every single customer. So yeah, we almost had the opposite. Is that, is that what happened then, Peter? It would literally just come back to you, the stock. You'd send it out as you would. Yeah. Not, I mean, that is just crazy. And shipment times as well. I know when we spoke at the beginning of lockdown, it was really, you know, everything was just taking so long, wasn't it? It was just, and you were have to and do we still it. have that problem, Nicole. Yeah. We still have that problem. Uh, getting stuff out of Asia, um, Chinese customs still isn't functioning properly. Um, the courier companies, people like Federal Express and the normal companies... Um, are still struggling because they, they tend to use a lot of commercial airliners um, as well as their own planes. And of course, the commercial airliners uh, just aren't flying. So um, we can have shipments where we might have six, seven cartons and we end up with five in different places around the world. And of course, the one you need urgently is still stuck in China. So yeah, that's, that's still an ongoing challenge, actually. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, that that is just in itself. I <laughs> just patience mm. levels must be uh, tested when that's going on, isn't it? I mean. Pfft. I get annoyed at Amazon, yeah. Peter, you know, let alone <laughs> if my whole company was, uh, you know, I get annoyed when Amazon was saying they delivered something, they'd just thrown it at the wall or something. But I mean, if you have stuff coming back, that's another expense. It's just more, it's just things, isn't it? It's, there's all these things that get unearthed that we weren't necessarily Absolutely, yeah, of. yeah. Mm. Just the costs of running the business have escalated, um, yeah. clearly. What we don't want to do is, at this stage, try and pass it on to customers, um, if we can at all. Um, then we will try and maintain the status quo for as long as we can um, and just do our best, really. And that is that is certainly something you do. I, I was talking to Caroline about this before we came on, about you know one of your real USPs is partnering with customers and building custom solutions. Um, you know, you've always been very forward-thinking on, on how you work with customers. I know you were doing a lot more hand-holding with customers over this pandemic. You probably still, well, I'm sure you still are. But how are the design engineers and support team working on those areas to help customers? Uh, they can't have face-to-face meetings, can they? Clearly. No. Well, well, of course, a lot, a lot of the, um, a lot of the engineers are either furloughed or working from home. Um, so the level of activity has dropped quite considerably. I would say. Um, I think we're probably doing a holding exercise, working on existing projects. The number of new projects come through has been minimal although although having said that that there have been some clearly some urgent ones um but uh yeah so basically it's a hand-holding exercise i think um with the customers just working on existing stuff our customers if they're working from home uh, are clearly hamstrung a little bit you know a lot of them design engineers that's who we work with you know they don't have access to their labs and the usual equipment that they might have so um yeah the whole the whole industry has slowed, I would suggest, apart from little pockets. Mm. Would um, would medical supplies be one of those little pockets? I'd imagine that would be in demand, <coughs> wouldn't it? Or yeah, there have been, um, from, from our point of view, there have been a few projects in the medical industry where people are panicking um, to get a few bits and pieces. Uh, we did have some crazy phone calls where someone wanted for instance, 100,000 power supplies and they wanted them in two weeks. Um, unfortunately, we don't, we're not able to, you know, support that type of uh, supply. Um, you know, those guys can really only go and find themselves a factory in China. But, but even then, you know, to support that level of um, production. Um, and when you, when you think, you know, a power supply is made up of maybe 50, 100 components, you know, the whole supply chain's got to be behind that and, China had their own set of issues at the beginning of this, so, um, so yeah, um, yeah, we've got some, we have got some little projects, and we, we, you know, we can talk about those in due course if you like, but um, yeah, those are the little pockets, the medical ones. <laughs> that was something I wanted to ask you about. If there'd been any interesting projects or any uh, innovations that have been brought about by this strange pandemic and the times. Yeah, we've had we've had quite a few projects. Um, as you know, I think we, you know, our, main, our two main areas really are power supplies um, and displays. Um, so we've had um, a really nice uh, project for uh, a ventilator using a 12-inch display with a resistive touch panel. Uh, those guys needed a couple of hundred pieces urgently. And we managed to get those out of Taiwan for them and support that project. So that was quite nice. Um, and Where was also, that used? That was in a ventilator. 
for a hospital in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't always tell you ultimately where they're going, but I would imagine yeah. it's in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something that's going to... I mean, is that something with the ventilators? Obviously, there was so they had to get so many in place and there's, there's all that work, but is that something that there's going to be more of now? Because obviously they are worried about second waves and things, Peter. Is that something... You know, is, is more of that work still coming up? It hasn't just... You're still getting those sort of inquiries? Yeah, I think... I think, you know, especially with the announcement recently mm. um, of all the money that's going to be poured into the NHS, I think there was a... Uh, a clear indicator there that we were short of ventilators. Um, and, and, yeah, who knows uh, when this um, little episode will clear up, if indeed it does. Um, but, you know, there could always be another one, couldn't there? Um, and clearly, you know, ventilators are, are critical. So I, I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine those programmes will continue. Um, we also had a nice little project um, with a display, little... 2.8 inch and that's that's the sort of thing we do which is really nice so it's got a custom touch panel on it it's got a custom backlight it's got a custom connector a really nice project um and that's for um spirometer which basically measures the volume of air in the lungs so that's that's another interesting little project um again quite yeah. important um when treating patients to, to have that so yeah another, another nice little project oh, that's good you mentioned um, Taiwan and a lot of the companies you represent, uh, like Mornsun uh, and Artisan, are outside the UK. So has this pandemic affected those relationships? What difficulties, if any, did it throw up? It hasn't affected the relationship per se, but um, obviously the supply chain, as we mentioned earlier, has is, is, is really slowed down. Um, and that's for various reasons, uh, component issues, uh, just just our, our, our suppliers trying to get hold of the components for their product. Um, we have a big supplier in mainland China, Monsun, and in fairness to them, uh, they haven't slowed at all. Um, absolutely unbelievable what they've managed to achieve. Uh, the biggest problem is getting the product shipped. It really is the biggest problem. Um, and you know where we used to be able to pretty much guarantee by air freight a week to get here now you know it's a minimum of a week can be two can be three we've had boxes being stuck in chinese customs for for a month um it's very very difficult very difficult i was going to ask what's the hold up is it that there's there's not the international flights that there were or is there more paperwork there are less flights um which pushes up the prices. And in fact, it's interesting because a lot of people have moved from air freight to sea freight and those prices are increasing too now. Um, but actual fact, Chinese customs, I believe, um, have had their own set of issues and still are. Uh, trying to get product out of China, it has to go through customs, believe it or not, out of China. And whether it's a manpower issue, um, whether it's sheer volume of product trying to get out of there, um, I, I don't know. But, but what I do know is that there have been delays getting product out of China, and still is. Um, sometimes it, it absolutely runs really sweetly, and, and the stuff comes straight out. Um, so it's difficult to, difficult to know. And for us, that's a little bit upsetting, because we do like to manage customer expectations. So we know when it leaves the factory, and the customer says, well, when are you going to get it? When are you going to get it? And, um, you know, we have to kind of temper that a little bit now. Meh. So. I imagine it's, it would be almost better if it was always two weeks late, so at least you could predict when it was coming, it rather was. than... Yes. 
That's, that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? Nothing is predictable. It's like you can't, you know, we realise now how predictable life was before. And even then, no, we, you're right. And even then, we didn't think it was predictable. Now we've got a whole new bar that's set up. Yeah. I'm interested Absolutely. to ask you, Peter Lappin, about your yes. life before Relic. You, no, I don't think I had one. <laughs> you were. It, there was life before Relic Electronics, Peter. Um, there was. There was. But, you know, uh, before Relic, you were an RAF engineer. I was very, an aircraft engineer. Very exciting. So you've always liked taking things apart and putting them back together, have you? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm much better at taking them apart. <laughs> <laughs> Did your uh, aircraft engineering help you move into... The stuff that you're doing at Relax Sales and obviously just a deeper understanding of the company and the business. Yeah, I think so. I think the forces are really good for giving you some life skills. I think I think that's what's that's what's really important. And you know, you certainly learn personal discipline. I mean you learn how to party in the forces, I have to say, but um but you you know, you do learn uh, personal discipline. Um I think you know, Nicole, we're a little bit OCD here at Relec. We like to have things right. Nothing wrong with OCD. I like a bit of OCD, no, as you know. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good thing. And, um, you know, I think you can't learn that, um, you know, when you're an aircraft engineer. The, the attention to detail has to be fastidious and it has to be right Yeah. Um, when you're working on fighter aircraft. So you can't afford to make mistakes. So, again, that, that kind of helps. You know, it's a good life skill to be in sales. It's nice to have things right. It's nice to make sure that when you're talking to the customer, you cover all the bases and that sort of thing. Um, I do find that actually, and maybe you do as well, that that actually is, is a curse as well because when you're then, other, other things aren't going as well or not as in line with OCD as we would like that can be frustrating, which, you know, is a little bit exasperated right now, I'd say, but... Absolutely. Yeah, things aren't quite right at the moment, are they? And um... <laughs> We're working on it, but not really. <laughs> it just makes you work harder. That's what it does. It just makes you work harder, which is great. Absolutely. Mm. So, I mean, you've been at Relec for over 25 years. I mean, there, there must be so many significant changes to the business that you've seen in that time. I don't actually believe you've been in it for 25 years. I find that hard to believe. But that's a, you know, that's an impressive retirement company, isn't it? It's a long time. 32 years. Is it 32? <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> well, I just didn't want to make you blush. That was all, Peter. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, seriously, what have been the sort of big changes you've seen? I know, but tell our, tell our listeners. Well, it's a completely different landscape, isn't it? I mean, I remember, you know, there were mobile phones back in 1988, 1990, but um, you probably don't remember that, Nicole, but they had a handset and then you needed to work out to carry the battery pack with it and all the electronics, you know, it was ridiculous. And um, there was no, no, let's say no mobile phones, uh, no computers, no internet. Can you imagine that? No. Um, and no. yes. No. <laughs> well, yes, a bit more these days, actually. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everything was done by fax. Uh, marketing was getting your name in a list of directories and that was it. Oh, those were um, the days. So, yeah, it's it's huge changes, isn't it? It's huge changes. And, of course, that was a much more relaxed way of life uh, back in those days. Everything now is, you know, it's got to be done yesterday, got to be done yesterday. But I don't know, it's kind of, it's it's invigorating these days. It's much more invigorating and quite exciting. And, you know, the fact that we're talking as we are now and 
making these little podcasts. Um, fabulous, you know, fabulous. Mm. So, um, and yeah, customer expectations have changed. Um, yeah, life is, is very different, but I think a lot of it is positive. A lot of it's positive. Got to stay positive, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> but it sounds as if you quite liked the slightly slower pace of of the old days. <laughs> and, and then some people are talking about with lockdown, they don't have to have the commute to the office and that's been quite nice. They've got extra time at home. Has that, has, does that apply to you? And if so, what have you been spending those extra hours doing? Well, unfortunately, Caroline, it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> um, no, we've been working throughout and I've been coming into the office every day. Um, I felt that was important. Uh, it's amazing what you pick up when you are overhearing conversations. Um, it's something you can't do on the end of a phone or on the end of a computer. And as I said earlier, you know, we've gone from sort of long term planning and strategy uh, to short term issues and problems. And really, you know, the last three months has been firefighting really to make sure that we can deliver to those customers that are still working. It, we, you know, it's, it's clearly really important. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had extra hours, unfortunately, Caroline. Um, but I do, I do really appreciate my weekends and the fact that we've had lockdown and you do, your life does change. I might be coming to work every day, but life does change. So it's in full slowdown. My weekends were lived, lived at 100 miles an hour too. It's like, hundred jobs to do got to be done wow it's Sunday back at work whereas now actually um, the forced lockdown has has taught us a few lessons I think and I've quite enjoyed that mm. I I think I heard from our friend Nicole that you... <laughs> <laughs> she'd be talking oh she's, she's we terrible do talk occasionally. occasionally we have a chat <laughs> But when the first time I met you, you had a new rescue dog in the office oh, who was yes. was very shy and following you around. And Nicole tells me you've been um, polishing up the skills that obedient. Well, have you been polishing up the obedient skills or have you? You're like a fully fledged trainer. I'm trying to get him up to my neck of the woods <laughs> to train my dogs. <laughs> yeah, my nut job dog. Um, yeah, poor fellow. No, he, he was a very difficult dog, I have to say. And uh, I was pulling my hair out a little bit with him. But again, lockdown is interesting, isn't it? Because you spend a little bit more time just perusing. And I came across an a UK organisation that does online training. And it's not a lot of money. And it was just fabulous. Just amazing. This is um, without going into too much detail it's it's what they call concept training or games based training so you basically play games with your dog and you can play different games for different situations whether you have a nervous dog a barky dog a pulley dog whatever and uh, it was a month's course and um yeah it was fabulous and, and a huge difference in my dog just really? amazing and um then i did a 14 day um how to be a pro dog trainer which is like a little taster they do tell you that and uh, as if I don't have enough to do, I've now signed up for a 40-week How to Be a Pro Dog Trainer course. <laughs> that is brilliant. So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just manifesting it for my own dogs. It's like I'm just, oh, I've got to I know someone that's going to become. You are very good. You've been, I've seen you with, you know, your dog when he was quite nervous. And it's commendable yeah. how you 
you've been with that. So I think you'll be very well suited to that, doing that in your spare yeah, time, well, obviously. I don't think anybody's warned the dog, warned my dog what he's in for. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll, um, presumably the dog loves having everyone at home and, and all the extra time that you're spending with with him, but... There's been, Absolutely. I mean, there have been some restrictions lifted, haven't there? So what do you think, you know, how do you see your transition back into more of a normal normal life? Um, well, I've actually planned to go and see some friends um, in a couple of weeks' time. I know, we're allowed to do that now, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be great. Um, and, and he's going to love it too. Um, in the doggy world, they were concerned about lockdown dogs, you know, because, you know, dogs have, um, you know, less uh, interaction with other people. Um, although my pooch, um, he, yeah, he, he's done okay, you know. He's been into the office and, yeah, he's become a little bit more relaxed as time gone on. But, um, yeah, I think normal life, um, transition to normal life. It's a case of what's normal, isn't it, really? Um... <laughs> very, <laughs> very deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Caroline. <laughs> that, that's okay. I suppose if you've been going into the office every day, then it's, you've been fairly normal routine to this to this point. Do you, yeah, it's, um... just, it's just missing family and friends, isn't it? That's been the difficulty. Yeah. You know, that's been the difficulty. But at least we're all in the same boat, so we all understand and can accommodate you. These absolutely times. yeah, yeah. And, and living in this lovely world that we live in you know we have zoom and we have facetime and we have teams you know we can keep in touch and say hello can't we yeah. do you think you'll be doing more teams and zoom meetings we already even, are no even when we're when it all goes back to normal and everyone can pile into the office again do you think you'll carry on some of the the traits that you've adopted during this pandemic I think so. It's, it's, I'd be interested to see how customers um, customers react to that. Um, because typically we wouldn't have video meetings um, with customers all be done on the phone. Um, so I'll be interested to see how, how customers uh, react to that. I, I think that'd be great. Um, it's always nice to see a face, isn't it, rather than just talk on the end of a phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're all hoping to get back to this new normal very soon. But what would you like to see happening to get the economy moving and to contain this pandemic? Oh, there's a $64,000 question, isn't it? No pressure. <laughs> I think it's no going to pressure. take more than no $64,000. Your whole industry's yeah. listening, no pressure. <laughs> oh, so hard, isn't it? I mean, it looks like we're on a big spend in the UK. It looks like there's going to be loads of money, but... You know, I'm always been a big, big advocate and a big fan of manufacturing. You know, um, this country has become a service industry country, you know, and we're very good at it. We are very, very good at it. Um, but we're also very good at innovation, design, technology. And, you know, if we could just make some more stuff, then, you know, that's a big money earner for the country, you know. And I appreciate it's difficult to be potentially competitive and a lot of what we do is in the industrial space. It's not in the consumer space, it's in the, in, in the industrial space. But even so, you know, we're very good at it. And if we could just somehow encourage people to move even, you know, 10, 15% of what they put abroad back, um, 
that would help the economy a lot. I think people don't recognise it. They don't realise what goes on. Um, and why would they? You know, there's no reason for them to. But, um, yeah, I think that would be that would be amazing. Um, contain the pandemic? Well, it's a worldwide problem, isn't it? Um, we need a vaccine, really, don't we? We need a vaccine because otherwise... I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, people will need to travel. People will want to travel. Uh, I was watching a little program last night on the how the pandemic hit the cruise industry. Just frightening. Absolutely frightening. Um, so let's hope. Let's hope uh, those clever people can produce a vaccine and uh, get the world back on its feet. That would be great. Do you think that some of the ma manufacturing will move back? There'll be some reshoring because if we're used to maybe some of the issues around uh, getting materials from Asia and uh, the supply chain that people might start moving towards that more? I'd like to think so, Caroline. I think, you know, we see some of it already, even before the pandemic, a lot of people like the flexibility um, of manufacturing in the UK. You know, it's a little bit clunky manufacturing out in China. Um, clearly you need good communication, um, but if you want to react quickly, and your volumes are medium, let's say, then, yeah, I think, I think people will consider it more. Um, I hope so. That'd be good. Mm, I'm just thinking about hobbies that we've all been getting up to in lockdown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, you know, I'm, I'm giving away all your trade secrets here, Peter. Aria, oh. dog training. No. You've got rather an... <laughs> Sorry, going from sensible Caroline to silly Nicole. <laughs> you've got um, you've got an interesting hobby, haven't you? Tinkering with nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties jukeboxes. So I heard. I, I would like well, to know what the opinion is of this, please. <laughs> well, I won't say that I tinker with the jukeboxes. Um, I have I have a Wurlitzer um, jukebox, um, a vinyl jukebox, which I absolutely love but i i don't know i just love everything from that era um nicole i think yeah it's just a it's a fun era it's an innocent era um you know the jukeboxes are real real um real real pleasure you know when you're on your own in the house and i don't know there's something there's just something charming about the fact that it's not super duper hi-fi you know you can crank the volume up and play these old vinyl records from the 50s and the 60s. And, um, yeah, it's just you, a piece, it's a piece of theatre. I only have one, Nicole. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> know what you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've got this, you know what I'm like, I get a bit carried away. I'm like, planes, jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> well, one, one, one's enough, to be fair. You know, it's, it is. Yeah, you don't really it is. need more than one, do you? But, um... No. Um, once I get a bit more time and a bit more space, perhaps when I'm not dog training or something, maybe I'll invest because they are just lovely things. They are beautiful pieces of furniture. Well, what a lovely creative thing to do as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, and it produces music. I mean, how beautiful is it that? It does. You know, Absolutely. We've all listened to a bit more music. So it how is. many how many songs are on this Wurlitzer you've got? Oh, I think uh, how many it's, it's singles? It plays singles, the old singles, the old vinyl singles for anybody that might know what they are. Um, I would say it's probably got about 40 singles in there, and so it's about 80, 80 tracks, something like that. Okay, so not necessarily from those 80 tracks, but from uh -huh. all of your musical repertoire. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Which song would you choose to sum up 2020? Oh, goodness. On the spot. Well, I've already given away that I'm moving along in years, uh, mobile phones and 32 years at Relac. But um, I don't know, probably, probably a, a track by the police. Um, Good choice. Yeah, you like the police? Yeah, mm -hmm. Sting. Um, and the, the, the track in particular is apparently about a young lady who has a crush on her teacher. Um, but I think it drives home the point about social distancing, which is, <laughs> don't stand so close to me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. I, love, I can hear that now. Can you? Yeah. yeah. We have that as a kind of relay theme tune indeed we should play it to people as they come in the front door really. <laughs> <laughs> you've got another thing you've got to have you've got to have humor indeed we have to keep laughing <laughs> ideally not manically so judging on the success of that track peter yes yeah yeah so that's for 2020 yeah what would, what would you have for 2021 okay we're going to carry on with the optimism theme, I think. <laughs> well, I've just had a good suggestion in my ear. <laughs> um, but I was going to go with Elton John, I'm Still Standing. Oh, yes. Another yeah. favourite. <laughs> I, I honestly love that song. And actually, the rather famous cartoon that features that song with the ape, my children say that their father is that ape. <laughs> yeah, that's a genius song. Brilliant. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, I mean, wrapping up, Peter, it's been so nice to talk yep. today. It really has. Um, and thank you for your time with this. I mean, if 2020 is basically, I hate saying this, but it is lost year, <laughs> then, yes. you know, what, what, what are your plans for 2021? I mean, I, I obviously work with you guys which is fantastic and have done for a few years now so it'd be great for you to talk really about what your plans are and also you know why people should be checking out what you guys do and finding out a bit more about you certainly people know a bit more about you today which is good indeed <laughs> but yeah let us know 2021 well let's see what let's see what 2021 brings but you know, it'll be a case of get, getting um, getting back to where we were, um, helping our customers get back to where they were. Um, you know, as I say, we've been doing this a very, very long time. And, um, you know, we like to offer a consultative, collaborative approach and we'll carry on doing the same, you know. And, um, you know, we rebranded a couple of years ago, as you know. So I like to think that gives people a little bit more clear message about who we are and what we do. Um, yeah, we're just going to be doing more of the same, really. Um, doing what we can do for customers. Uh, we're always on the lookout for new products. Um, anything that kind of lights our fire and looks interesting that we think our customers might uh, like uh, or offers them some new technology. So always on the lookout. Um, yeah, more of the same. More of the same. Good. And shameless plug, if anyone wants to go and check out your stuff. <laughs> They need to go to relec.co.uk. Um, they do. But, you know, I think uh, certainly for me personally, one of the things that's been interesting in this pandemic has been 
um, seeing how my clients in this sector really are working extra, extra hard. And like you say, let's just support each other as best we can. You know, we have done through this pandemic and we really need Absolutely. to support, we need to support businesses now. We really do need to look after each other because um, that's that's the tough stuff that's coming out now, isn't it? So, so yeah, everyone check out Relit. <laughs> Over to you, Carolyn. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Pay me later. You know I just like five pounds is fine. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you very much, Peter. That was a, a good note to end on for um, positivity and that people that are doing things well and maybe thinking on their feet a bit and adapting to these pandemics uh, and what the, it's throwing up are going to be the ones that do well in 2021. So we need to look out for those and support them. So that's good. And if not, just I might just put in an order for a jukebox. Or puppy training. Or puppy training, exactly. <laughs> but I do think I do think it's wonderful how everyone's doing lots of different things as well, creatively. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I tease, but I'm I admire that in other people. I know I have been, I'm sure we all have. So yeah. It's lovely to talk to you today, Peter. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the opportunity. No, nice to see you all. Absolutely. It's nice and to see you. you. Yes. We'll definitely, we will definitely be doing more zooming without a shadow of a doubt but um yeah thank you so much and yeah i think i think that's i think that's it yeah i think it is oh good thank, thank you very much, much peter thank, thank you, you. Thank enjoy you, your weekends <laughs> <laughs>